Freedom. What is it? What does it mean to be truly free? And how do we, living in 2021, at a time where we are experiencing more freedom than almost any point in our history, relate to the concept of servitude and appreciate how it feels to be liberated? In this episode of Unbreakable Lessons, we're going to be defining the true meaning of freedom and learn how to use this definition to turn our beliefs and dreams into reality. Hey everyone and welcome back to another episode of Unbreakable Lessons. If you're tuning in for the first time, my name is Yaakov Cohen and I'm so excited that you've joined us today. I want to thank so many of you who've been reaching out with questions, comments, or just to connect. Special shout out to our listeners who reached out this past week telling me how much you missed the show last week. We took a break for a week but now we're back and I want to thank you once again for being here. So what we're going to do for the next few weeks is tapping into powerful themes and ideas that connect with the upcoming holiday of Passover or Pesach. The concepts will be universal, as I know we thank God how we're privileged to have a very diverse audience. But for those who will be celebrating, you'll be able to not only internalize the messages, but use them to enhance the holiday so you could come out of Pesach as new people. So let's begin. You know, in Judaism, there's often a misconception when it comes to our Jewish holidays. Most often, we see our Jewish holidays as commemorations commemorating or remembering past events, moments in our history, miracles that took place. And while, of course, that's true to a certain extent, right? There's a certain layer where we are commemorating specific events within our history and we have rituals that bring us into that state of being, into that state where we remind ourselves of those specific events. Really, our Jewish holidays are much deeper than that. And the way it's described by many different rabbis, you know, Kabbalistic writings, and as well as in, you know, more, you know, a little bit more modern day, and a rabbi named, by name of Rabbi Dessler, Rabbi Dessler writes that our holidays are not commemorative. There is a commemoration taking place, but in essence, our holidays are not commemorative. They are dynamic. He uses the word nitzchias. They're eternal. There's a certain element of our holidays where every single year when we get to that specific holiday, we are tapping into the energy at that moment. In other words, God created a world. And before he created the physical world, he created a spiritual world. And in that spiritual world, there's obviously an endless amount of spiritual energy that comes from godliness way beyond anything that we could possibly comprehend. But the more relatable aspect of it is that after that, we're taught that God then created the physical world. And when he created the physical world, he infused different types of and different levels of spiritual energy from the spiritual world into the physical world. Okay, so again, I, I know that's a very esoteric, you know, concept that is way beyond our basic comprehension. But, you know, of course, we have, you know, limited understanding of spiritual concepts in general. We have limited finite brains that are not able to understand the infinite and the eternal aspects of existence that we learn about. But the way that we can relate to it is as follows. You know, our Jewish calendars have specific moments where we're taught God infused energy into that specific moment. So in other words, when we celebrate Passover, we're of course looking back at that moment where we, the Jewish people left Egypt and we were liberated from slavery. But really what happened was, as we're taught again in the same concept, is that God, in the beginning of creation, the beginning of time, infused the spiritual energy of freedom 
into the into the time period in which t- Pesach Passover takes place. And so when the Jewish people were freed from Egypt, when that freedom took place, when we were liberated from slavery, that was merely a manifestation. The event was a manifestation of the energy that already existed at the time. So it was God's way of pointing to that event to say, look at that event. And then you will know what spiritual energy exists in this time period. Every single time period in our, in our Jewish calendar has a specific energy. The time period of, of Sukkot, Sukkis, has the, has the energy of joy, happiness, right? The time period of, of Shavuos, where we receive the Torah, has the energy of, you know, of Jewish values and, you know, many other concepts as well. You know, when it comes to the, the holiday of Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, there is this concept of judgment. There is this concept of forgiveness that exists. The energy exists in that time, and God points to a specific moment in history in which that commandment took place, or the event took place in the case of Passover, or Hanukkah, or Shavuos, or Sukkot. And God says, look at that event, and then you will know what energy exists in that time period. So when we get to the holiday of Passover, or really any other Jewish holiday, any holiday in our Jewish calendar, then we automatically know that the energy that exists in that moment is clear to us because the event that took place. Look at the event, then you will know by celebrating, commemorating that event, we'll be able to tap into the energy now. So, of course, we're coming up to the holiday of Passover, Pesach. And the holiday of Passover, as we already mentioned, is the energy that exists in this time period, in the time period that we're coming up to right now, is the energy of freedom. So freedom is something that we have a very difficult time truly understanding. Thank God, as Jews, really human beings in the Western world, in Western civilization, in countries that we have the honor of living in, where we are able to live free lives, religious freedom and freedom on many levels, we can't truly understand and and relate to the concept of servitude. Obviously, you know, if, if we, if we can, it's another story, but most of us are not able to truly understand and relate to the concept of servitude. It happens, you know, at many different points in history and obviously to many different, you know, groups of people. And we're not really obviously going to focus on that specific aspect of it now, but we don't, in living in 2021, we don't truly understand when we're living lives of freedom, we don't truly understand or even relate to what it means to have a master, to have someone who tells us what to do, not not having that sense of free will. And even more than that is for us to be able to truly appreciate what it means that we are free, that we're liberated, that we're able to make the decisions that we want to make, you know, live the lives that we want to make. So what do we do in Judaism that allows us to tap into that energy of freedom so that we at any point in our lives any point in our lives, but specifically now, how do we relate to this idea? How do we become free? How do we tap into that energy now, right? It's almost as if there is this window into the energy that exists, and that's the matzah that we eat, the Passover Seder that we have, all the different rituals of the holiday. Those are a window into the energy that already exists behind that window. And so when we go through those rituals, we go through those motions, we're tapping into something so much deeper, and we come we can use those concepts we can use those rituals and tap into that energy in order to allow the holiday to literally transform our lives to leave the holidays as i said before as new people so again how do we do it so we said the holiday is about freedom and at the passover seder we actually say the words where we are meant to see ourselves as if we are leaving mitzrayim now so of course this fits into the idea 
on Passover, uh, Passover nights, we're supposed to see ourselves as if we're leaving Mitzrayim, leaving Egypt at that moment, right? So it's not as if we're just commemorating something that happened 3,300 years ago. We are tapping into that energy now. We are leaving Egypt now. But again, how? How do we become free at the Seder this year? Us, we want to relate to it. We don't want to just think about what happened to our ancestors thousands of years ago. We want to relate to it now. How do we become free at the Seder? Second question. When was the first Seder? When was the first Seder? When should it have been? If you think about it, any time that we celebrate something, when's the first time you would celebrate a specific holiday? When specific, we just you know, talked about Purim in last episode, right? What happened on, on Purim? With the Jewish people were saved. We were supposed to be annihilated and we were saved. God saved us. The miracle that took place, when, do, when would we have celebrated the first Purim? Should have celebrated it one year after, right? Makes sense. Obviously, we celebrated then when we were saved. But when was the first event, the t- holiday that took place commemorating that event? One year later. Wait, people get ma- two people get married. One year later, they celebrate their anniversary. I got married in August 26, 2010. So my wife and I celebrated our first anniversary one year after on August 26, 2011. And so anytime a person is celebrating something, they're celebrating it one year after the event that took place. That makes sense. The anniversary of the event. So when should the first Seder have been? The first Seder should, of course, have been one year later, one year after the Exodus. One year after the Jewish people were let out of Egypt, the Jewish people were slaves in Egypt for 210 years. We went through horrors. We went through terrible, you know, terrible experiences. And after 10 plagues, 10 miracles that happened, God, you know, performed through the hand of Moses, we were freed. We were liberated. We were let out of Egypt. And that should have been the moment where one year later, we look back and say, I'm celebrating Passover now, one year later to commemorate that event. But we see something very, very fascinating, which is the first Seder, the first Passover celebration, so to speak, did not happen one year after the Exodus, one year after the Jews left Egypt. It happened the night before the Jews left Egypt. What? Before? They were still slaves. They were literally still living as slaves. Lives as slaves in every way. How could they be celebrating freedom before they were free. So two questions that we have. Well, how do we become free at the Seder night? And why did the first Seder take place the night before the Jews left? Two questions. We're going to answer both questions with the same answer, really with one word. And I know that you, I'm sure you are, you know, picking up on the fact that I do that a lot because I think that many things could be simplified with one singular concept, one word. The word that really answers both of these questions is the word visualization. And again, it's a concept, not just a word. But before we explain what visualization is and how it answers these two questions, let's first start with a story. In the 1960s, a man by the name of Robert Rosenthal, a Harvard professor, a psychologist, went to the Oak Hill Elementary School. And the reason that he claimed that he went there was to study something, research something that he was calling blooming intelligence. And what he did was he came into one of the classes And he took the students out and he picked students at random. And what he did was he pointed to specific names on the roster. And I'm obviously summarizing it, you know, very briefly. It's a much longer story. But he picked students at random, several students. And he told the teacher that the specific students that he pointed to on the roster had what he called blooming intelligence. They had unique intellectual abilities. They were going to be, whether or not they had the best grades in the class, they were the smartest kids. Some of them were already showing it. Some of them would show it later. They were blooming. 
And that's what he told the teacher. That was it. And then he left. And when he came back at the end of the year, he wanted to look at their test scores to see if what he did, you know, just commenting to that teacher that those specific students were the most intelligent kids in the class or had those unique intellectual abilities to see if that had any impact on those students' test scores. And what he did was he came back to the class and he asked the teacher for the test scores of all the students. And he saw that those kids, those five students had the highest scores in the class. And remember, he chose these students randomly. Few of them maybe had good grades to begin with. Of course, some did not, but they certainly weren't the highest grades in the class. They were to- he picked them totally randomly, and now they had the highest grades in the class. So whether or not you're going to say that grades determine intelligence or not, he then gave them an IQ test, and all these students at some point in their lives had taken an IQ test, and their IQ scores went up. So it wasn't just that their grades were better. They were literally smarter. How? And he concluded the following. He said, most people have this misconception of life or misconception of achievement where they believe that reality shapes beliefs. What does that mean? That my grades in school are good. Therefore, I believe that I'm intelligent, that I'm smart. I do really well in that specific area, in whatever area that may be, in basketball, in dancing, in any area that I'm striving to improve in or to do well in. And therefore, I believe that I'm good at it. I have a lot of friends. That's my reality. And therefore, I believe that I am, you know, I have a great social personality. I fill in the blank. Any reality that already exists in our lives, many people think that that reality will then shape your beliefs. You'll believe whatever it is, your self-perception, your belief in yourself, your understanding of who you are will be based off of what you have already accomplished, what you've achieved, the reality that already exists in your life. And he says, that's not exactly how it works. Reality doesn't simply shape beliefs for the real achievers in the world, the dreamers who achieve their dreams, who make their dreams a reality. They understand that reality doesn't shape beliefs. What I did in the past doesn't, shouldn't impact what I believe I can be or who I believe that I am. My beliefs can shape my reality. The people who achieve amazing things in the world are not because they've always achieved great things. It's because they had a tremendous belief in themselves and therefore they chose to make those beliefs so strong that those beliefs ended up shaping the reality. And he said, because these students ended up literally becoming more intelligent just by the mere fact that their teachers treated them as if they were more intelligent. So of course the students picked up on that and they therefore believed in in themselves. They saw themselves as the smartest kids in the class. So they rose to the occasion. And that ended up becoming, because this concept leads us to understand that these students were expected to achieve by the teacher. And so for the students expected themselves, they had more expectations for themselves. This became called the expectancy theory or the Rosenthal effect or also the Pygmalion effect has many names. And so obviously Robert Rosenthal continued to do this study and he repeated the study over and over again. 1960s to the 1990s, and continue to do this over several decades. And many of many other psychologists, of course, you know, mimic this exact study, and they always came out with the same results. And they realized that when a person has a sense of belief in themselves, and that belief is strong enough, that not only do people expect them to achieve, but they expect themselves to achieve, they end up creating that reality. So it shouldn't matter what happened in the past. Once I 
create a vision of who I can be, once I create a strong enough belief in myself and understanding and a a vision of who I can become or who I truly am, I can then make that vision that I already experienced because I imagined it in my mind. I had a strong enough belief. I can make that vision a reality. The Jewish people, thousands of years ago, 3,300 years ago, were leaving an experience of slavery. Slavery is literally all they knew. They did not know anything else. Their parents, every single person who lived in those times, their parents were slaves, their grandparents were slaves, their great-grandparents were slaves. Slavery is all they knew. They didn't know anything else. So they couldn't just simply change their mindset after they left. They couldn't just leave Egypt, leave slavery, and then all of a sudden change their entire self-perception and see themselves as free. They weren't prepared for that. They weren't ready for it. They had to celebrate freedom by visualizing themselves as free before they physically became free. And that's what God understood. God gave us this concept of visualization where he said the Jewish people, they can't just leave. They first have to imagine themselves, visualize themselves as being free. And only then could they the next day actually become physically free. First change their belief system their self-concept, their self-perception, first changed their belief in themselves where they always saw themselves as slaves. That was their self-perception. It wasn't just that they saw themselves as inferior or as belonging to someone else. That was the reality. That's all they knew. So they couldn't just change their beliefs from the reality. Their reality was slavery. So they had to change their beliefs first, first change their self-perception, first change the vision of themselves, reimagine who they could be or who they truly were in their minds, through this experience of the Passover Seder, visualize themselves as free, and only then the the next day could they become free, could they create that reality. So how do we become free? How do we experience freedom on Passover and see ourselves as leaving Egypt? So as we said, the Passover Seder, we in the Haggadah, we literally say, we have to imagine ourselves as if we are leaving Mitzrayim. So Mitzrayim is the Hebrew word for Egypt. But Mitzrayim also has a word that's very similar to it, which is the word Mitzarim. Literally the same letters, different word. Mitzarim. Mitzarim means limitations, constrictions, confinements, blocks. So what does that mean? The idea is that obviously, thank God, living in 2021, we're not living through slavery. We're not experiencing slavery. But we are experiencing Mitzarim. Every single person has limits. Every single person has mental blocks that they've created, that I've created. We all have it. That we know that we could be so much better, but we've blocked ourselves so many times we get in our own way. We create all these blocks between us and our dreams, all these blocks between us and our true selves, us and our potential, us and the vision of who we know we truly are. Once we create that vision, though, of the ideal version of ourselves, And it's powerful enough. It's strong enough. It's one thing to just imagine what we want to dream of. Imagine who we could be. It's another thing to close our eyes and actually envision it. To say, I'm not just, I don't want to just become, you know, whatever it is that I want to become. And again, for every person, it's different. So I don't even want to get specific. But imagine the thing that you're dreaming of right now. The thing that you've always wanted. That you know so badly in your heart, you can do. But along the way, you create these mental blocks. You create these limitations for yourself and you get in your own way. So now re-envision that. Create that vision in your mind. Not someone who you want to be like. Not the concept of who you want to be. But imagine yourself already having achieved your dreams. Imagine yourself already being the person 
that you want to be, all the things, all the goals you have right now, all the dreams that you have for yourself, close your eyes and imagine yourself already having accomplished it. Imagine that all the things between now and then disappear. Just imagine it for a moment. Create the vision. And what does it feel like? What does it feel like to close your eyes and look in the mirror and in, in that vision and see yourself as the person who you want to become? Everything that you want to have accomplished, that person exists in your mind right now. That vision exists in such a strong and powerful way. So we picture in our minds that future version of ourselves, already having overcome those challenges, those mental blocks, those physical limitations, all the things that are getting in our way. And you've already, you imagine this vision already having broken through those limits, through those blocks, and you are that person. Once you have that vision in your mind, now we know what it looks like. Now we know what it feels like. Then we can take the necessary steps to make that vision a reality. Let's use this exercise on Seder night. Create your dream. Envision yourself already having achieved all the goals and aspirations that you have for your life. This is the message of Pesach. This is the message of Passover. Achieving freedom today is envisioning our own promised land, our own vision of who we could truly be. And then with that energy, with that inspiration, with that passion that we have now, with a new vision in our mind, breaking free of all those limits, all those mitzarim that have enslaved us, that have chained us, that have held us back, and then make that vision a reality. I want to thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode. I hope you found it meaningful. I hope you found it valuable. I'm so excited to be on this journey with you for the next few weeks as we continue these Passover themes and really identify powerful ideas, powerful concepts that will help us enhance the holiday of Pesach, the holiday of Passover for ourselves, and continue on this journey and use these concepts to really change our lives, to create this level of transformation that we all dream of. And if you know anyone who might find this meaningful as well, please feel free to share it with them. You can reach out to me at any time, unbreakablelessonspodcast at gmail.com. You can contact me on Facebook, Instagram. Really looking forward to hearing from you. Thank you again for tuning in. Have an amazing day.